Chapter Thirty of Meteorology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Meteorology by J. G. McPherson. Chapter Thirty: Rain Phenomena. The soft rain on a genial evening, or the heavy thunder showers on a broiling day are too well known to be written about. Sometimes rain is earnestly wished for, and at other times it is dreaded according to the season, seed time, or harvest. Some years, like 1826, are very deficient in rainfall, when the corn is stunted and everything is being burnt up. Other years, like 1903, there is an oversupply, causing great damage to agriculture. The year 1903 will long be remembered for its continuous rainfall. It is the record year. No year comes near it for the total rainfall all over the kingdom. Rain is caused by anything that lowers the temperature of the air below the dew point, but especially by winds. When a wind has blown over a considerable area of ocean on to the land, there is a likelihood of rain. When this wind is carried on to higher latitudes or colder parts, there is a certainty of rain. Of course, in the latter case, the rain will fall heavier on the wind side than on the lee side. For short periods, the heaviest falls, or plouts of rain, are during thunderstorms. When the raindrops fall through a broad, cold stratum of air, they are frozen into hail, the particles of which sometimes reach a large size, like stones. Of course, water spouts now and again are of terrible violence. One of the heaviest rainfalls yet recorded in Great Britain was about two and a quarter inches in forty minutes at Lednathi, Forfarshire, in 1887. Now one inch deep of rain means one hundred tons on an imperial acre, so the amount of water falling on a field during that short time is simply startling. The heaviest fall for one day was at Ben Nevis Observatory, being fully seven and a quarter inches in 1890. In other parts of the world, this is far exceeded. In one day at Brownsville, Texas, nearly 13 inches fell in 1886. On the Kasi Hills, India, 30 inches on each of five successive days were registered. At Gibraltar, 33 inches were recorded in 26 hours. The heaviest rainfalls of the globe are occasioned by the winds that have swept over the most extensive ocean areas in the tropics. On the summer winds, the rainfall of India mainly depends. When this fails, there is most distressing drought. Reservoirs are being erected to meet emergencies. From Dr. Buchanan's statistics, it is found that the annual rainfall at Mahabaleshwar is 263 inches, at Sandaway 214, and at Cherrapungi 472 inches, the largest known rainfall anywhere on the globe. Over a large part of the highlands of Scotland, more than 80 inches fall annually, while in some of the best agricultural districts there it does not exceed 30 inches. Of all meteorological phenomena, rainfall is the most variable and uncertain. Simons gives us tentative results from 20 years' observations in London. 1. In winter, the nights are wetter than the days. 2. In spring and autumn there is not much difference. 3. In summer 
nearly half as much again by day as by night the wearisomeness of statistics may be here relieved by a short consideration of the splash of a drop of rain watching the drop splashes on a rainy day in the outskirts of the city when unable to get out i brought to my recollection the marvellous series of experiments made by professor a m worthington in connection with these phenomena of course i could not see to proper advantage the formation of the splashes as the heavy raindrops fell into these tiny lakes on the quiet road there is not the effect of the huge thunder-drops in a stream or pool the building up of the bubbles here is not perfect for the domes fail to close nor are the emergent columns visible to the naked eye it is a pity for r l stevenson once wrote of them in his delightful inland voyage when he canoed in the belgian canals as thrown up by the rain into an infinity of little crystal fountains beautiful is this effect if one is under shelter every dome seeming quite different in contour and individuality from all the rest but terrible is it when out fishing on loch Ern, even with the good-humoured old admiral when the heavy thunder-drops splash up the crystal water and one gets soaked to the skin sportsmanlike despising an umbrella there is however a scientific interest about the splash of a drop the phenomenon can be best seen indoors by letting a drop of ink fall upon the surface of pure water in a tumbler which stands on white paper it is an exquisitely regulated phenomenon which very ideally illustrates some of the fundamental properties of fluids when a drop of milk is let fall upon water colored with aniline dye the center column of the splash is nearly cylindrical and breaks up into drops before or during its subsequent descent into the liquid as it disappears below the surface the outward and downward flow causes a hollow to be again formed up the sides of which a ring of milk is carried while the remainder descends to be torn a second time into a beautiful vortex ring this shell or dome is a characteristic of all splashes made by large drops falling from a considerable height and is extremely pretty sometimes the dome closes permanently over the imprisoned air and forms a large bubble floating upon the water the most successful experiments however had been carried through by means of instantaneous photography with the aid of a laden jar spark whose duration was less than the ten millionth of a second but the simple experiments without the use of the apparatus will while away a few hours on a rainy afternoon when condemned to the penance of keeping within doors end of chapter thirty recording by patty cunningham